Hello, and again, welcome to Bit Depth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... Uh, hi, I am Johnny Manchild. Um, <laughs> I guess different from my usual first question, why Johnny Manchild? <laughs> That's fair. Um, <laughs> well, so like... Uh, my my real name, which isn't isn't even important anymore, I guess. But like <laughs> <laughs> back like three or four years ago, I um, wanted to basically like start my own thing, start my own band, do my own music, which I wasn't used to because I was always the drummer or the bassist, did something else, was never the front person. And I decided I wanted to have like a whole other thing, mm. like, literally a stage name, I guess. And so when I uh, the actual man child name comes from when I was a kid. Uh, my other mom, Phoebe, uh, when I started getting like older, she just started calling me Manchild. And so I got taller than her. And so I took that and I was like, I can make that work. Like, that'll just yeah, be my yeah. name, Johnny Manchild. Which it sounds like it sounded so weird at first, and now it's become normalized somehow. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you might as well just be Johnny Manchild now. Honestly, you'd be surprised. Like, people that didn't know me before, don't realize that's not my actual last name. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know how. But. <laughs> uh, you can always count on people being idiots. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, what do you do? <laughs> uh, I'm a musician, recording engineer. I, I just music. That's it. I do music. Uh, I have other hobbies that don't matter so much, but... <laughs> Yeah, basically anything. I'm a theory nerd. I play piano, drums, guitar, bass. Uh, and yeah, I produce and record music around the city. Yeah. Um, how did you get started in music? Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I don't actually remember. I was just told. Uh, sure. But I know when I was a kid, like two, three, probably th- more like three, but I would bang on pots and pans, do that whole thing. And... Uh, uh, it started, I had like one of those tiny baby drum sets. Sure. And then when I was around seven or eight, I was diagnosed with like ADD, as like everybody is. Uh, <laughs> and I started taking drum lessons. Uh, and it's like that was, I guess, I, I was on medication for a second and it really didn't work. And then I got drum lessons and that worked a lot better. Yeah. And so I've been playing since I was like seven or eight, like sure. taking lessons. Um, so that's how I got into it. Uh, it's, it went off from there. It was in my first band when I was 10, but, uh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of stuff. Um, so drums is like your primary instrument or do you feel like you're better at, uh, God, it's <laughs> pr- primary is weird. Right. Uh, it's, it was my first, I don't know what my primary is now. I don't really feel, I don't know. I don't know what my primary would be. Right. Right. <laughs> on specific days, drums is it on other days. Keyboard is definitely it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. What do you feel more comfortable at? <laughs> drums, uh, I guess, like, drums for the most part, uh, there's no genre. Like, I guess if I was taking it to, like, the extreme, if I'm at, like, a cutting session, like, a yeah, jazz yeah. session or something, I'll play drums. Yeah. Because, like, there's a million people out there that are going to play a lot better than me at keyboard, but I, I can hang on drums. Sure. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, how did you get to all of the other instruments? Uh, so I think it was because of my first band. 
Uh, when I was 10, I was taking drum lessons from uh, Dean Brown at McMichael's, and he was aware of this band from Norman that was looking for a drummer called Refuge. Mm. And so this band uh, consisted of uh, Ford Chastain, who went on to be our guitarist for Star Death and My Dwarfs, and uh, Troy Cheshire. He did Reg and uh, does his own thing now, uh, and Jay Harp. But I got set up with those guys, and we were actually, we did really well mm. for like a band. They were all like two years older than me, but we like toured around. We had actual money to mess with. And when the band uh, went away, we all got like, I think, 1200 bucks or something like that. Mm. And so I bought a little Tascam Porta Studio because I wanted to start trying to write songs and recording my own things. And so I kind of, it gets a little confusing right here because <laughs> at some point I picked up guitar and I don't know how. Mm. I don't remember learning it. <laughs> it just like happened. Right. I know there is a point where I couldn't play at all and then I couldn't. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that happened. I started using this little port studio recording my own stuff. And then I was like, well, I need bass. And so then I learned how to play bass. And then mm-hmm. that's kind of how it went. I kept right. slowly accruing different things, trying to make stuff sound better. Uh, Out of necessity, really. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, I guess, how did you start songwriting? Because it's very different just being in a band. It's very different, like, just making your own stuff. Yeah. So that was also kind of... Uh, I can think of specific stuff. I don't know how... I'll try not to talk too much, but I guess that's kind of the point. That's kind of the point. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> um, so I, the first thing I think was I would... When I was a kid, I would take lyrics that I liked and I would add my own lyrics to cool. them. Yeah. And like synthesize them. And yeah, you know, that's kind of how I, it's sort of like a uh, repertorial study. Like you're, mm. if you, as you would do with music or composers, like you study what they did and try yeah. to write in their style. I did that same thing with lyrics, but I was like 10. I didn't know what I was doing. Sure. And that's why my first song sound like Green Day <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was like really young. Uh, and then something that I think made a big difference was the fact that I was using this little studio and uh, getting the chance to actually like chop and splice and arrange. Uh, and this this was before they plugged straight in the computers and you had interfaces right, and stuff. Right. So I had to start learning how to like think about it and prepare for how things were going to go. And that started kind of rewiring my brain to think about composing and stuff. And then something that was really important was Trent Reznor back in like 2007 or 2008, their website, Nine Inch Nails, released all of the project files for like oh, all yeah. of their music. And I was, I, I've oh, always been a crap. huge... Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that's amazing. So yeah. I downloaded all of them and it's these projects like, yeah. that you can open up. You can look at how they mixed it, what you can solo every instrument. And so I started looking through those and seeing how he did it. And like, that's why like my first, first stuff was really industrial. You know, like electronic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a mix of just having no friends literally till I was like sixteen, basically, <laughs> uh, and having nothing else to do but mess around and mess with the eight track. And when I mean when GarageBand was a thing, then that was super cool. So yeah, uh, but yeah. Um, so I mean, is there like a a genre that you want to stay in, or you nope. just, yeah? <laughs> uh, I I mean Johnny Manchild and the Poor Bastards is. It, it sort of has a area of limitation, right, not right. not even r- really at all. But like right so far, we've stayed in like this piano rock kind of jazz influence. There's right. some punk and grunge things yeah, in there sometimes, yeah. but I don't. 
I don't plan on thinking about anything that I'm going to write or put out as I'm going to stick with this. Cause like, right. I've always thought that like, I understand the point of having genres, but like limiting yourself to one is like deciding you're going to be happy all the time or that you're going to be <laughs> sad all the time. Like it's yeah. Every genre is like good for a specific emotion or like mm-hmm. color palette, I guess. I don't know how to say it without sounding really <laughs> right. Right. You know, but. Well, that's kind of the point we can, we can sound all heady in here. That's, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, w- I think maybe the, a limitation would just be that, that, like, these are the instruments that you have. So, <laughs> and that's where this gets, that's what's getting really interesting. I'm, a, I'm trying real hard to push for this because obviously that's the limitation, right? Like, right, right. What if I want to write a song that doesn't have trumpets and saxophone? Like, yeah. And so now we're getting into pedal boards for my horn players mm-hmm. and I'm, like saxophone, you can turn that into a synth really, really easily. Yeah, yeah. And so, I'm. That's kind of where limitations become more of a create, you know, creative thing. And of course, exactly. money is a limiting factor, but we're working on that. <laughs> <laughs> but the question is like, how weird, how out there can you get with these <laughs> cats eating <laughs> the, your back? Yeah. <laughs> but, but how how out there can you get with this instrumentation? Uh, to yeah, yeah. do what you want to do, like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, we'll see what happens. Right, and I mean, you can get like, at least for saxophone, there's like the electronic mm-hmm. sort of thingy. Uh, trumpet too. I mean, look at like uh, my uh, Danny trumpet player is uh, really into. We're all into Snarky Puppy, but he's specifically into the pedal board of uh, who is he? Mark Marr, I think. I'm not sure. I think that's his <laughs> name, but he, he's got like a. It's all it is is basically like a wall delay and a drive, but it gives you this like ripping electric yeah, guitar yeah. trumpet sound cool uh, so yeah. like there there's obviously been lots done with horns but i think there is a niche area that yeah not yeah. that there's not music out there but it's definitely not mainstream so you can mess with it and probably find something relatively different sure uh, yeah. um is electronic sort of an inevitable progression <laughs> uh i mean i wouldn't call it like a pro- Progression exactly. I mean, it's an influence. We've already used a vocoder, right? Yeah. Like, because uh, I love that shit. But <laughs> I don't. <sighs> progression is a weird word, just because sure, I wouldn't. Sure. I wouldn't say it's going to go straight electronic, but there's definitely no uh, arguing that's going to like influence the yeah, music. Because yeah. I mean, like LCD sound system, mm-hmm. I love. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> and uh, like Daft Punk too. Like straight electronic music is always good, but LCD I've always loved because he mixes it so well. Yeah, uh, and that's something I'd, you know, right. gonna do probably. You uh, sold your guitars and bought computers, and then sold your computers and bought guitars. Uh, <laughs> and tables. Yeah, but um, I, I was there. <laughs> um. So, who? Who are your biggest influences now? Right now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, Snarky Puppy, for sure. Mm. I can't stop listening to Snarky Puppy just because <laughs> it's so goddamn cool. Uh, another one, Sufjan Stevens has always been one. Yeah. Uh, just because, I mean, you listen to Illinois and then listen to Age of Ads, and yeah. I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> like, it's, Age of Ads is like your kind of thing. That's yeah, not, yeah. That's, that's, that's super really, up your alley. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's that crazy. Is probably... My favorite Suf John album, I it's, think. It's crazy. It's super. Enjoy Your Rabbit is also really interesting. But that was like the weird, yeah, introduction. But he's continue. <laughs> but yeah, like he's he's a he's a great songwriter, and he's really. You don't have to like Age of Ads, to accept 
that it's art. Yeah. <laughs> to accept that it's art. Like, it's something else. Yeah. It's something that's truly one of a kind. Like, it's, it's fucking weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sufjan's one. Uh, right now, I'm really into... Uh, I guess I couldn't call that an influence, but Hopalong's awesome. I'm just going to say Hopalong, just so anybody who happens to listen to this looks up Hopalong. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Sufjan Stevens, LCD Sound System, Snarky Puppy, uh... Hiatus Coyote. Really, that I've been listening to a lot of uh, Quincy Jones and a fuck ton of soul music, actually, mm-hmm. which I'm, I've all, I'm still nervous to let that influence me too much because I don't know how well I can do it. <laughs> but I want to. Uh, but yeah, a lot of... It keeps getting older. Like, I still try to find newer stuff to listen to and let that be an influence. Mm-hmm. But I, I keep going back in time. Which right. I don't know if that bodes well, but um, who were your biggest influences as you were sort of first starting to write music and make? <laughs> At the very beginning, I remember it was White Stripes for like really mm-hmm. obvious reasons, uh, <laughs> just because I mean they did a lot with very little, yeah, and I could work with that. Like it makes yeah. White Stripes makes music accessible to people who are young and don't know how to do much, yeah. Because uh, I mean any like 10 year old can play most of those drum parts. So, uh, yeah, they were one of the first ones. Uh, I always liked green day for the lyricism. And then as I started getting a little older, I went super into like buzzcocks and dead Kennedys and there's aquabats, rancid <laughs> operation Ivy, like Scott, I went super into that. Right. Right. You know, punk <laughs> stuff. Uh, and so a lot of the uh, earlier stuff, you know, is kind of, I almost want to say pop punky and punky. Like sure, sure. There was some very, <laughs> no one will ever hear them. No one will ever know what they sound like, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Nine Inch Nails, Ministry. Right, right. Uh, growing up even further, I got really into that sound. Um, yeah. Um, I guess, and then going into like, the band why the poor bastards i guess (laughs) so that was actually uh so i knew johnny manshaw was gonna be my thing right right and we called that and one of the first songs that i wrote for the band was annie uh and that was so before i titled it i don't remember what it was called it was like uh sappy kitsch or something that was like the working (laughs) the working title literally yeah and i was showing it to our old guitarist jamie and he was like, is this about Annie? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, about Annie. And he was like, oh, man, you poor bastard. <laughs> that sounds fake, but that's actually how I named the band. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, Johnny Manchild and the Poor Bastards. <laughs> um, how do you deal with – this is something that I deal with, so it's kind of also a question for me. But, like, how do you deal with the weirdness of the ego – that is like it is sort of you as the front man of the thing, and it's the name, and yeah. <laughs> so that's where Johnny Manchild actually kind of helps a little bit, because they're okay. So one of the biggest reasons that I decided I needed a new name mm. is because I had horrible anxiety, social mm-hmm. anxiety, and like the band's helped me with that a lot, but like. Li- <sighs> It's it's hard to understand why someone with like super like stage fright and anxiety would sure, want to be sure. the front person to be. Yeah, yeah. But like I had just gotten out of band with some very mean 
people. Like, and mm. I've been in bands with people that just ended up sucking. Like, they're just right, right. bad people to be around. And so I finally decided, like, I'm going to start a band. I'm going to do this thing. I have all this music I've been working on. Maybe it sucks. Maybe it doesn't. I'm going to mm. fucking do it. Yeah. But I was like, I don't know. I couldn't see myself doing it, so I created something else. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, literally. And so Johnny Manchild is. Uh, that's I guess where the ego doesn't come in is because it's not mine. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. And maybe I'm slowly morphing into this person <laughs> <laughs> that I've created. I guess, but uh, I don't feel too much of a problem with that. I, I accept that sometimes I can be a little uh, controlling. <laughs> over my some songs are my babies. Sure, sure. That happens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know if that answered the question. Right. <laughs> no. Well, cuz that's the thing is that um I mean every artist sort of has like a thing and and so putting a stage name in front of it, you do kind of like get to separate like Yeah. Johnny from Johnny Manchild. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess who's Johnny Manchild then? Uh I mean, so <laughs> It's like the Tyler Durden of my life or something. Like, he, yeah. um, uh, just somebody that's capable of getting up and putting on an awesome show mm. and doesn't have – well, it definitely has problems. Johnny, I mean, that's the thing is like the image of the band is a parallel of me still. Like obviously the songs are about like sometimes there's drug abuse and then sleep problems and all these other things. So it's it'd be a lie to say that it's actually a separate – person it's just like a cartoon version of yeah me, yeah which is <laughs> I mean, yeah we have a bunch of cartoons but uh yeah so i don't know what else to say about it really johnny manchild's just me uh exaggerated sure yeah basically <laughs> um talking a little bit about uh education how did you because I've seen you a lot around the people through school and stuff, but I, uh, I also don't know what you've studied actually. <laughs> so I, I studied jazz performance at UCO, yeah. um, which wasn't my original degree. Uh, I went to UCO after I got back from the, uh, like basic training and everything. And I used that to help pay for school. Sure. Uh, a little bit, but. Uh, my initial, like, I was just there for a percussion performance originally. Uh, and I, I'd been into jazz already, but I definitely got into it a lot more being at UCO. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I was in jazz band in high school, and I was in jazz band in the Army. And then at uh, UCO, I uh, partook in their stuff. And uh, it's kind of... So to answer, like, the original question, yes, I was uh, jazz performance. That's where I graduated then. Mm-hmm. Uh but my education uh, is why this band exists for sure. Like yeah, going yeah. to UCO because I was still a percussionist, mm. like in my mind when I started there, like that's what I was. And I started taking piano lessons with uh, Dr. Owens. And uh, at some point I just like super fell in love with right. piano. I love Dr. Owen, by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's like, she's, um, she's yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Basically, she's like the nicest person in the world yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh she's yeah so i started getting like classical first a little bit which i'm not a good classical pianist but i steal the tropes of it i guess mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so, yeah and i uh even though i was a percussion major i got really into that and i got into composing and decided 
That, that's another thing about starting this band. Like, it was it was honestly kind of a weird move because I was like, fuck it. I'm going to sing and play piano. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was, like, the last <laughs> things that I do. But Right. Uh, yeah, it's... It was cool, though. I started studying jazz with Dennis Boretsky and, uh, like, working on that stuff and voicings and all that. And then they allowed the Jazz Bachelors. That became a thing. Like, they, it was yeah. a really recent thing. And it also let me not have to be in marching band. So. Mm-hmm. I, I loved marching band, but. Yeah. I hated <laughs> marching band. So I, I switched my major to jazz sure. performance. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so since you have sort of like kind of both sides of that coin of like classical world and jazz and then contemporary, how Mm -hmm. does that sort of bleed into what the band does? I mean, uh, so like insomnia, the actual song Mm -hmm. of the album is a good example. I, I wish I could have done a better job recording that, but it was very hard. And that was one of the last things I got to do. It was a little rushed, but that's a good example of just like straight up trying to do weird classical stuff. Like had clarinet and flutes and strings and all this stuff trying to make that work. Uh, So that would be like the furthest extent of me getting like classical with it. And I think uh, where that kind of marries a little bit better was on deserve. Uh, So deserve was way more contemporary, but still had all that stuff. We had piccolo flute and clarinet and all the strings and everything, but it was mm. definitely a rock song, like a lot more. So the classical side comes into that. And, uh, I mean, obviously jazz comes out in like things like lightning and just the tone of certain things, but sure. I don't know. Classical and jazz come together pretty seamlessly. Right. Honestly, like you can throw, like if you listen to like Thad Jones or, uh, mm. I mean, fucking Duke Ellington, like, he, yeah. you know, that stuff just, it's there. Yeah, Like, yeah. it's not that far away from each other, honestly. Like, it's just different names for the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I'm still working on putting all that stuff together. I never go out of my way to try and fuse stuff together. Right. Uh, if it goes there, I just let it go there. But. Yeah. Um, but then, because I feel like, I feel like classical and jazz sort of are kind of separated from contemporary world and that like because um, I mean we, I went to ACM and uh, but I also went to UCO for two years and so like that that world of like here's the structured and like cheap music and everything and then ACM is like here's the chords here's the idea listen to the track play it down so, like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're basically talking about the difference between, like, an orchestra and, like, the Nashville notation system. Like, right. Like it's, but it, it's also, like, a cultural difference. And that's – so I'm – there are s- some things I'm not as aware of as you might think. <laughs> I am not current <laughs> with, with a lot of music and honestly whenever i'm like maybe i should listen to what's going on and mm. then i hate it <laughs> so that's, that's just that's just me but that's that's so quincy jones mm. a lot of people know who he is a lot of people don't even people who do know who he is might not know everything he did mm. this is fucking crazy and i always will love quincy jones because if you want to talk about contemporary music mm-hmm. this is somebody who's at classical and jazz and put it into contemporary music. right so like you know uh like his most like best-selling work, right? I'm not sure. <laughs> Quincy like, Jones 
recorded, uh, like produced and arranged Thriller, the entire Mm. album Thriller. Mm. And when you actually go back and like you listen to like this music that he made with Michael Jackson, like there's some pretty like hip chords happening in there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the same thing, like he did Fly Me to the Moon with Sinatra. He did uh, just a bunch of stuff ranging from more kind of classically leaning. And of course, I'm not talking about... uh, like he wasn't writing concertos or anything, but sure, uh, you know, he blended a lot of these uh, things together to make really cool at the time modern music. Yeah, uh, Ben Folds, yes, is another person I couldn't not talk about if we yeah, were talking, yeah. like, because he actually does write concertos and mm-hmm. he and they're really cool too. But uh, he started, I think it started getting classical around like the. Uh, or is it Rainer Mesner or Reinhold Mesner? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like their second or third album is Ben Folds Five. Uh, and that is straight up blending classical with rock. Like, uh, like, oh God, I think I'm thinking of a different album, but Cigarette. Mm-hmm. These yeah, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if, yeah, so you know I, the song. I know the song. <laughs> but if he took the lyrics away, it's just a really nice little, like, yeah. sonata type thing almost. But mm-hmm. uh, And it's a straight through song pretty much yeah <laughs> like it yeah it almost doesn't even have sections like yeah. it's <laughs> man but yeah he did stuff like that he has a, a lot of music like that that has deeply classical like structure yeah yeah but it's got lyrics and yeah i don't know i think i've gotten pretty far away from whatever the original question was we're just no, talking that's about right. that's the music point. now <laughs> <laughs> um What's the goal of Johnny Manchild and the Poor Bastards? If if there is one, or just Therapy. where do you want <laughs> Therapy. I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> it's just like I write these songs because I want to. Yes. And <laughs> I, 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 I suppose the goals changed a little bit. Literally, at first, it was more like... Uh, the band was like drinking water after be stra- being stranded in the desert or something like that. Sure. Like it was something that had to happen. I just yeah. needed to do it. Now I don't have to do it uh, in the same way. It's still something that I'm like deeply attached to and have no intention on slowing down or stopping. But it's a, it is a little more targeted now. We've got like a fan base growing uh, mostly on the internet, not really where I live, which is bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've got. I think we have more listeners in London than we do in my own city, which cool. is, it's cool. Uh, and the, <laughs> but it changes like instead of worrying so much about like I still want to be involved in Oklahoma and play shows here. Exactly. But now we're thinking more like content content creators in a way because like online mm-hmm. is where uh, we can make money to keep producing and making music and yeah. recording. Like, so we're kind of the end goal, I guess, is to branch out i've always wanted to make more music like or music videos in general we don't yeah, have yeah. one yet uh shelby criswell is our artist mm. and he's always done just like amazing work sure every time i have an idea he makes it way better <laughs> and i've wanted to do a comic book cool uh, like actually for the ep i had an entire like storyline that like an arc that tied yeah, all the yeah. songs together <laughs> literally there's as far as goals for what the band is, we've accidentally kind of created like a universe of characters <laughs> because yeah. it's always been cartoons. Mm-hmm. 
And so, yeah, I, I could do music videos or comic books. If I get the chance to animate a music video, I'm damn sure going to do that because yeah. that's awesome. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's whatever conceivable thing could happen, right. I probably want to do it. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, what's a musical hurdle that you've gotten past that you, like, didn't think that you were ever going to get through? Working with other people, <laughs> uh, which I still, I still think I'm an asshole sometimes, uh, which <laughs> apparently I'm not. Maybe I am. I'm not sure anymore. Right. But I know that I'm better. Right. <laughs> so that's something. But that's the anxiety uh, talking. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, you know, when I, that's the thing is I, when you go so long without having like that many friends or doing anything and just working in a box by yourself and creating stuff, mm -hmm. then you get like now because of doing that for so long, when a song pops in my head, uh, sometimes it'll be fully formed. Like it yeah. just is what it is. Yeah. And when somebody offers something other than that, it's you're like very, yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> step away from myself and be like, is this better? I have to like let myself mm. hear it because <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. hard to do. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> so that's 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 a bit a hurdle. Lately, we've been playing together for long enough now. I don't know if I've just gotten if I've infected them with my like sensibilities and they play <laughs> more like what I like, or if sure. I've just become more open to everyone's ideas. Either way. Uh, I, th I think it's probably a little bit of both. Right. Honestly, we've we've kind of melded together. We have a a good groove going. Uh, I'll bring a song forward. You know, I write the lyrics and like the structure mm -hmm. and everything. But now we can all fuck with it. Which yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's the other hurdle too that I kind of mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I keep writing? Because uh, the thing about not working with other people and doing the way that I was doing is when these songs come up in these like inspired blurts of stuff yeah how do you write things when you're not inspired yeah uh, <laughs> so two hurdles in one really i kind of managed to work with everybody and learn how to do a group writing thing mm -hmm. and in turn that also dissolved the issue yeah yeah of having to worry about waiting to be inspired because like there's i've got maybe like 80 to 100 songs yeah uh written and some of them aren't good <laughs> but when we put them through like the filter of our band, we make it sound good. Yeah, now. yeah. So now it's just fun. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. Um, what's a musical hurdle that you're still working on? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm always going to be working on one. Like, I. I don't know. I feel like the constant hurdle is just being wanting to keep making better stuff. Yeah. And better is a subjective term. Right. It always changes. And I guess that's why the hurdle is always there. It's because yeah. my ideas on things change. And so better is now something else. And I want to do that. And <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's a constant, I hope a progression, sure. but definitely a constant changing and morphing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, What's something that people don't normally understand about music and making music or making a life out of music? Yeah. Oh, man. 
something that people don't normally understand. I think most people understand, but most people might not really like get it. <laughs> I guess if you are really passionate about music to the extent that not doing it makes life pretty much worthless. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not like other things. Like most people could give one thing up if they had to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like anything that you're truly passionate about, you will sacrifice relationships you'll sacrifice money and you will, your parents will question you consistently. <laughs> it's, it's a, I, everybody knows that that's yeah. what it is, mm-hmm. but not everyone understands what that's actually uh, like mm-hmm. because it's, for me anyway, it didn't, it never felt like a choice to be a musician. This is just what I do. Yeah. So now I have to live with it, Yeah. <laughs> I guess. And sometimes <laughs> it sucks. Because I would sure like to be good at something else that made more money. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, at what point did you decide that you were like, this is what I'm doing forever? Or if it. That's the thing is that was. there was never, a, it just was what I was doing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. I think I was into photography at one point. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I got. I. Yeah, I was I was a musician always. And I think right. that's because I was in a band, the band I was in when I was like 10 because most 10-year-olds aren't in a band like that. It was weird. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what we what how the band was doing because I was too young to understand, but we right. went we got flown out to fucking Los Angeles by Fox. Like yeah. we did weird shit. Yeah. And so like when you're exposed to something like that that young, you're just like, "Well, this is what I do." now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um kind of more broader philosophical questions about music cool um what is selling out if it is a thing oh you can only sell out to yourself uh that's i i think like man life is fucking hard if you can make (laughs) money playing music just i don't know does it really matter that much like you can as long as you're still doing something that you enjoy, yeah. I don't care what you're doing. <laughs> as long as you enjoy it. Uh, if you're abandoning your own beliefs for money, then I think that's selling out. Yeah. And that's how I would word it. Now, fuck everybody yeah. else. Like, Sure. If I feel like if someday I get the chance to work with like... I don't know, fucking Lady Gaga and make a pop album. I'm going to do that 100 goddamn yeah. percent. Yeah. I'm going to make a lot of money doing it, but sure. I'm also going to have a damn good time doing yeah. it. So, I mean, Lady Gaga is also a weird example in that she's also like an artist. That's true. She, she, yeah, could, she did Tony be Bennett like, and that album. Oh, do an album with like Katy Perry. That's a little bit There less. you go. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, <laughs> I don't fucking, that's the most, that I can't think of any other names. Right, right. Taylor Swift. There you go. Sure. Didn't know Taylor Swift. Even then, the... I would enjoy doing an album, Taylor Swift. That would be fun. To make it work. Maybe I'll be in Cats. <laughs> oh, God. That was terrifying. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, do you separate art from the artist? Um, yeah. I. That's a struggle sometimes. But, like, yeah. I think so. Like... If Hitler might have been a little bit better, maybe that shit would be in a museum for a different reason. <laughs> He's still not a good person, but like, 
there's there's times where when you look back, look look, look at the jazz greats, honestly, like Miles Davis and mm. uh, Bill Evans and all these people. These were fucking heroin addicts. Yeah. They weren't good people. Like, right. not really. Like, if you knew anybody close to them, they probably did some relatively abusive shit. Yeah. And they probably weren't the best people in the world. Mm. It's not... I don't know. I don't believe that you should sacrifice yourself for the sake of what you're creating, but I don't think that you should sacrifice what's being created because of the person. Like, there's... That's a hard argument. It really depends. It... I'd say case by case, because you shouldn't support somebody who's doing heinous shit. Right. But, uh, you know... That's a that's a tough one. I you, think. Right. I, I was I always use the example of Kanye West, who's like he's not doing anything illegal. He's just an asshole. Oh no! Yeah, no. It's Kanye West. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's a dick. But <laughs> you know, listen to his music. It's fine. Then there's another example. Surfer Blood is a band that I, I like. Uh, they're not crazy, crazy famous, but they're they're good. And a while back, there's a story about uh, the lead singer. Uh, uh, like physically like beating on a girl mm. and i was like okay that's one of my favorite bands and that really sucks yeah <laughs> so i'm not gonna go to any more of their shows sure but some of those songs you know i grew up like listening to them and they have personal meaning and i i won't rag on anybody for listening to that stuff but you know that's where it gets a little sure, sure. tricky <laughs> Definitely. Um, what advice do you have for other musicians who are starting out? Just do stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. honestly, like, um, um, play as much as you can. Try to play with other people. It, like, it really doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're doing something. Right. I think the most, I'd say I think the most important thing that you can do is you're first starting out music. Like, uh, is get a wider example of what music is. Start listening to more. Because a lot of people who aren't musicians just kind of take what's given to them when it comes to music. Yeah. Like there's the mainstream. Like It's mainstream. It's mm. already coming to you. If you want to... And you can play that. And that's no problem. But I, I would recommend trying to dig in, find stuff that you actually like, not just because it's there, but because you like it. Like look around, start just listening to more. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Yeah. I guess. Like if you want to be a better speaker, you need to listen to people who speak well. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, there's no good transition into this section of the podcast. So what is the role of spirituality or religion in your life? Hmm. Well, spirituality is one thing, I suppose. I mean, in my in my life or my music? It's in the yeah, music, right? Uh, I mean, in your life. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm not religious. Yeah. Uh, I, religion is interesting. Like mythology is interesting. And there's tons of parallels all over. The, the difference is, uh, I guess religion can still, I should start over just to be <laughs> completely clear. Religion can be a great thing. And there are people that I've met who are religious who do good things in the name of religion, just as there are people who do horrible things. Sure. And that's why, as far as religion goes with me, like I don't, 
I understand its purpose, but I don't think it's necessary. Mm. I believe that you can do good things based on like moral codes. And some people have argued like, where do you, how do you know what's morally right and wrong? If you don't have a religion, you know, like people know not to kill people. You don't rape people. They don't hit people that didn't do it. Like there's just things you don't do. So just don't be a dick and we're fine. I don't need, uh, like Jesus or everlasting hellfire to make me think anything else. Yeah. And I also don't have a problem with anybody who thinks that like, that's yeah. fine. Just don't make me <laughs> listen to it, I guess. Right. Um, that being said in music and in art and writing, it offers tons of cool stuff to sure. put into your lyrics. And, <laughs> uh, you know, that I, I talk about God a little bit in some of my songs, almost in a satirical or sarcastic sure. way because sometimes life goes so shitty sometimes <laughs> that it, you someone has to be personally <laughs> fucking with you. <laughs> so it can feel like that. I've only ever believed in God in the sense that he was fucking with me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is actually my next question. Uh, what is your definition of God if you want to give one? <laughs> uh, my definition of God is it's honestly whatever anybody feels like it is. Uh, I'm going to sneeze. It's going to interrupt Go this whole it. thing. That's fine. <laughs> Got it. All right. So, nice. <laughs> um, to some people, I guess it's, it's what do I think it is? I don't think God is anything. I think God is a construct created for some people because they need it to feel like as crazy as the world is, that something is still creating order. Uh, some people don't understand. And so they create it like, like that's why, like why does raw the sun God exist? People didn't know that the giant fucking ball of fire in the sky was just the sun. And so they started praying to it and hoping it didn't kill them. Yeah. Like, and that's what it is. Like you create order out of chaos and God is the word for that. And some people use it well and some people don't. Uh, I personally acknowledge that I, I think everything is kind of just a happenstance of chaos. Like this shit just sprang up out of boiling stardust. <laughs> yeah. And now we're here. <laughs> yeah. Like, cat <laughs> <laughs> and there, there's also cats and there's also cats yeah. godless creatures <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely um no uh i agree with you a lot um <laughs> is free will an illusion no free will is it depends <laughs> so so what do you mean when you say free will is an illusion like what would be an example of free will to you? Like a choice that you could make. Though. Right. Well, so um, it kind of boils down to like free will versus determinism, but the, that's a kind of strange thing. But basically, uh, are your choices just sort of you have a will to make those decisions or are you, are all of your decisions sort of influenced by environment? This is, I tried to read Sartre and, yeah. and it, uh, it didn't go well. It's very <laughs> French. <laughs> but, so 
determinism and the whole. So that's the idea, basically, that I was raised a certain way and put into a certain situation. So it's really just almost algorithmic, the choices that I make, right? Mm. Like, as much as it feels like free will, how much free will is it really? It's more of, like, all my choices are a result of my upbringing, right? Hence the term illusion. Right. So I don't believe that okay. entirely. Now, that is... You can frame it that way if you want, because I could say, like, I made certain choices in spite of how I was mm-hmm. raised, but then is that just a result of it anyway? So <laughs> I have a choice to, I, I believe we all have free will because I could go outside and just start, like, shooting rounds into the air if I feel like it, but, like, why would I not do that? The reason's not because it's legal. The reason's not because no one told me to. It's more it's just like... you don't have a gun. I have a gun. Oh, okay. Neat. Dude. <laughs> I don't take it anywhere. I don't go Clint Eastwood, but it's in my house. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, it's because I don't have a gun. <laughs> but I don't uh, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't sound like a thing that's fun to me. Yeah. I don't know. There's obviously we live in a society where there are certain things we can't do because it's dictated that we can't do them. And obviously there are influences from the people that raise us and like the world that we're in. But at the end of the day, if you really wanted to, uh, or if I really wanted to, I could uh, break my lease. I could sell all my shit. I could get a ticket and fly out and join the Peace Corps. Mm. And there's nothing stopping me from doing that. I don't believe that free will is an illusion. I think that a lot of us, um, maybe for, for a lot of us it is because we allow it to be. I mean, there's certain mindsets that we let ourselves be stuck in, but it's, uh, I don't know. Illusions are illusions. They're not real. Like cool. we can change it if we want to. <laughs> um, you kind of answered it earlier, but let's see what happens. How do you determine what good behavior is? Good behavior. Um, so good behavior is, Let's say that you had <laughs> no laws, no mm-hmm. anything. You have a group of dudes, uh, let's say an equal group of women, equal group of men, and you walk over to them, and they all have, you know, let's say they're all buff. They're just buff as fuck, and so are you. <laughs> yeah. Anything that would provoke them to kick the shit out of you is mm-hmm. not good behavior. Sure. And that's pretty much it. Like, don't fuck with people. Don't. Do anything that somebody doesn't want. Don't do anything. It's the golden rule, and yeah. that's that's good behavior. Don't hurt things. Don't take advantage of people. Don't yeah. say mean shit just to say mean shit. Like try to be constructive. Try to be progressive, and like, yeah, that's good behavior. A lot of people also talk about the whole uh, leftist, like super liberal snowflake thing. Sure, and just kind of piggybacking on top of that, <laughs> the whole good behavior thing might change when we talk about what progressive is. Mm. But uh, just mm. while I'm here, <laughs> Go just, for it. just don't be a dick. Like, life's been pretty easy for the groups outside of those that are being, like, fucked with for the most part. Yeah. So we can accept a few limitations to give them <laughs> equal freedoms, I think. So just don't be a fucking dick. Yeah. And that's good behavior. Yes. <laughs> and there's my bit. Um, how do we reduce the division since we touched there and you made a great... A transition point for me there. <laughs> How do we reduce the division? I'm a straight white guy. So, <laughs> starting from right there. Um, sometimes I don't know. 
I try to be as accepting as I can to everybody because at the end of the day, it's, uh, yeah, they can do whatever you want. It's not fucking with me. You can be transgender. You can be gender fluid. You can be, uh, any race or any thing you want to do. Really? I don't care. And I think any people at the end of the day, that division, it doesn't really go away because I choose to be that way. Mm. So I only have so much control, um, Change is, you know, the Gandhi thing. What you want to see in the world be the change. Sure. And that is a good start. There's obviously division created by, like, more systematic things. Yeah. And that's where I really don't know how to yeah. do much. Uh, I think the number one thing that you can do is if you see something fucked up, say something. Yeah. Because, yeah, bring it to bring in Boondock Saints, actually. Uh, there is no greater evil than the indifference of good men. So nice. that's a big thing. Uh, and just stand up for people when fucked up shit is happening. Yeah. As much as you can. You don't have to be like a justice warrior to do that. Just be a good person. Exactly. So. <laughs> um, what are you optimistic about for our future? Mm. If at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am optimistic to see how the human race may come together to pull us out of this almost hopeless problem that we are running into. Uh, <laughs> if optimistic at all, because if we're going to not kill ourselves and end our own species, it's going to take some magnificent shit. And I'm really yeah. excited to see yeah. what that is. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, really though, I'm curious if there ever reaches a point where we know it's over, I'm curious to see what the end of that looks like. I want to see the true nature of people when nothing else really matters. That'd mm. be nice. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That's not no. very optimistic. Right, no, but <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, ooh, here's one that I am glad that I put into my list. Uh, <laughs> do you believe that humans are inherently good or evil? Mm. No, not good or evil. No, everybody's capable of anything. Uh, and, you know, that's... I think it's a day-by-day -day thing and an event-by-event, choice-by-choice basis because, mm. like, I'm even capable. In the right situation, I'm sure I'm capable of doing something that I would think is terrible. Sure. Uh and that's why, like, when confronted with whatever that situation might be, it's my choice to act whatever way. I'm capable of being leaning towards good or evil, and I think anybody else is, too. I don't think I'm inherently any way. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know. I was raised relatively well. My father is a pretty aggressive and violent person and I don't share his tendencies. So it's, I do not think that humans inherently wish harm upon anything. Okay. Uh, I still, I think we might be inherently selfish and mm. maybe intentionally ignorant of certain <laughs> things sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think we're inherently evil. Yeah. Not to say we're inherently good. We're a, we are Tabula constantly, rasa, as they say, 
Wait, what? Or tabula rasa, or I forget who coined that term, but blank slate. Blank slate, yeah. Then that, yeah, we're a consistently blank slate, ever-changing upon the last decision that we made. Uh, unless you do some really fucked up shit, and then you might be bad, but that was your fault. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, some things you can't come back from. Yeah. What makes you happy? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, like, music has the potential to make me happy, but it doesn't just naturally make me happy. Cause sure. It's more like, like, when you're hungry and you eat, does that make you happy? Or does it just do its job? Like, <laughs> sometimes it does. Sometimes the food's really good. Sometimes it lifts your mood. Sometimes it just does what it has to do. Uh, ha. <laughs> Happiness is kind of like the good and evil argument. Are you happy or are you sad? I think it's also your choice. Mm. Sometimes it's a harder choice. Uh, but like, my, I don't think anything, it's not good to look at it as like what makes you happy because it's the same way as like motivation versus dead, uh, uh, determination, I guess. Sure. Like motivation, it's easy work when you're motivated, mm-hmm. but when you're not, it takes determination to keep working. Yeah, yeah. In the same way, if you something makes you happy, it's easy to be happy because it made you happy. But if you're if there's nothing to make you happy, you have to try yeah. to remember, just be happy. It's <laughs> your choice to do so. Like you can wake up and be like, today's gonna be a good day, and mm. God fucking help anyone who gets in my way of making it a good day. <laughs> yeah, like almost aggressive, aggressive happiness. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, that's a struggle. Yeah. You know? And that's okay. I'm bipolar too. So uh, that changes things every sure. once in a while. <laughs> um, what advice do you have for people in general? In general? Yeah. Um, don't get too caught up in the big picture the big scheme of things don't look too far ahead uh because you know it's i guess it's really just stop and smell the roses it's that kind of thing yeah if you look at the big picture you don't even know there are fucking flowers like you're just walking uh yeah. you don't want to get too tunnel vision uh especially because i don't think thinking that far ahead is healthy it makes you there's no gratification like it's good to have long-term goals and work towards those but you need to let yourself feel gratified with where you're at. Otherwise you will get depressed. So yeah. 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 That's it. Like <laughs> I'm going to go get a coffee after this. Yeah. That's going to be really good. Cool. So at least that makes that, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and for today, that's all I'm going to think about <laughs> actually. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um, last question. Cake or pie? Hmm, you can't just say that. <laughs> Man. I find it funny. We're talking about like good and evil and the human condition. I have no idea how to answer this question. It's, sometimes it's pie? the hardest question I ask. It depends, man. <laughs> and sometimes the best cakes are kind of pies. You ever had ice cream cake? It's an ice cream pie. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, cheesecake is basically pie. Cheesecake is pie. Yeah. Cheesecake is pie. Like... <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so we have we have cake and we have pie. Those are constructs of our own creation. <laughs> and I don't believe that you should adhere to those if it's keeping you from one or the other. 
That's what I think. Cool. <laughs> Both, because they're the same. Valid answer. <laughs> Johnny, thank you for doing this with me. <laughs> yep. Uh, plug your shit. Where can we find you and oh. your stuff? Uh, yeah, Johnny Manchild and the Poor Bastards. We're on Facebook and uh, at Poor Bastards Instagram, at Johnny Manchild for Twitter. You can find us on Amazon, Google Play, Apple Music, Spotify, Pretty much anywhere that streams music will be on there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, we also got a merch store on Teespring, the nice. Bastard Boutique. Lots of shit on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, our next show in Oklahoma City is August 9th at VZDs with the Snake Oil Salesman. Cool. Yeah. Also, we'll be filming uh, part of the show for a music video we're making. So if you go to it, you'll be in our music video. Sweet. You have already consented. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, no, I'm really glad that we, we would like run around in like similar circles and yeah. I would always like see you around, but I'm glad that I like nailed well, thanks, you down. Thanks for having me yeah. on the, the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm Santiago Ramones. I'm Johnny Manchild. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music. You can download my demo songs with words for free on Bandcamp. And there's also Machinations, which is not like necessarily released because it's not like it's just like a live performance recording of my graduate composition recital. But that's on my website if you go to because it's through the podcast. So I put it SantiagoRamones.com slash podcast slash Machinations. I should probably just make a separate page (laughs) that's just Machinations, but... It was hard enough to set that whole thing up because it, it's like the whole experience. Like it has the YouTube videos. You can also listen to like the whole thing just on one audio file and it has like all the lyrics and like some photos that Blue Lorette took. And so like it's it's a whole thing. It's really good. I'm really happy about no, it. I, I commend you for your, <laughs> your design efforts. Honestly, it's just hard. <laughs> um, and then I don't think I have any upcoming shows. This is coming up. This is going up next week so i have a show literally today but that's already happened because future past tense um i w- <laughs> yeah <laughs> also uh everybody go on spotify and listen to spinster it's a new band yeah. a new album yeah. from uh uh joanne from any oakley mm. so joanne or joanna i actually don't know i think just joe sometimes. it's joe it's yeah. just joe oh, it's just joe <laughs> anyway it's really good so yeah. fuck my music. Just go listen to that. <laughs> um, they're actually I'm wanting to get them on or just Joe or whoever. Yeah, I tried to get Annie Oakley on, but then they like. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> get Joe just to talk about Sisyphus. I want to hear how that came about. Right. Um. <laughs> anyways, yeah. Uh, I was in my podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. She wanders, but he hasn't found her yet This image is a marvel in purity and truth An image blurring further every day away from us He called another letter into a shaking arm
The spring turns into summer, the summer burns to ice. 